Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. We are so close to finishing uh, Luke. Uh, we're, we're in chapter 24. Uh, and we just thank God for those of us, those of you who have uh, subscribed and uh, took this journey with us. Uh, Luke's gospel shows the compassion of, of, of Jesus Christ, his humanity. Um, also, it gives us a, 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 a Luke, uh, Luke is writing after the fact. He's doing an investigative uh, writing, uh, finding out the information. And again, uh, a lot of scholars think that uh, the Luke and the book of Acts are a prelude to the trial of uh, Apostle Paul. And because uh, we know Luke was one of his companions and he joined him and back in Acts uh, when he started the journey with him. So we thank God uh, for Dr. Luke. He's a Gentile and he's writing to the Greek, to the mindset, like I say, uh, almost like uh, evidence before the trial of Paul. And they believe that uh, they used that in the trial of Paul. So we just thank God for this journey. And like I said, we're coming to completion. We're going to end up in uh, our next journey will be in the great book of 1 Corinthians, Sister Brown. Dr. Brown will be teaching that class as I prepare for something else. Um, also, uh, we want to thank uh, Pastor Timothy, our church in Kenya. Hello, Pastor Timothy. Uh, we thank God for you continue to do the good work that you're doing. And all the men and women of God that are out here teaching and preaching and, and exhorting and giving the gospel out. I just want to thank God for you and give you the honor, and the honor that you deserve. I know it's hard sometimes to get out here and do what we do, but you know we're, we do it because God has caused, called us to do so. So we thank God for that. We want to uh, continue to lift up all those who are sick, all those who are, 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 are injured in some kind of way. We want to lift up those who feel downtrodden, maligned, and uh, set aside. Again, the peace of God can surpass all understanding once you come into the body of Christ. So we thank you for that. So, okay, we're going to get started. Does anybody know where we left off at? We left off at the discussions, point three, fabricating stories. Okay, okay. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're not going to do that today, Sister Brown, I don't think. Okay, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be bothered with that today. But we can, we can discuss it if we got time at the end just amongst us. Because how many more questions do we have? Um... Three, six. Got six more questions? Okay, yeah. Six we, questions Okay, we got six questions conclusion. Okay, let's get back to the Luke chapter 24. And open up your Bible, Luke chapter 24. And uh, Frida, I want you to read from 1 to 7. 1 to 7. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? 
that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. So we have, we have the angels, these two angels, are standing as witnesses to the resurrected Christ. Now, he hasn't ascended yet, but he's risen from the grave. And he's asking, why do you stand looking in a place where there's dead folks for the living? Okay. And I thought that's quite interesting for them, him, them to say, him, for the angels to say that to them, because a lot of times we be looking for the living in dead places. You know, places that are dead. I, and I know I'm metaphorically speaking, but we also do the same thing. We look for people in, in, in situations that are dead. And it's like, why are you still here? You need to move on to where he said you need to believe. And this actually shows you that due to the shock of the, of the death of their Messiah and the way he died, even though he, he prophesied that to them, even though he foretold that to them, they could not accept that. It's, a lot of times it's hard for us to accept the fact of different things that are foretold to us. You know, we we just we we're, we just don't want to believe bad news. We just don't want to believe it's going to happen. But the Bible tells us that even though there is bad news coming, there's always good news behind it. That's why we get weeping endure for a night, but joy come in the morning. We have to go through that time of bad or trial or tribulation testing so we can get to triumph. And what God does is he uses those situations instead of signs, wonders, and miracles. He uses those situations to where you're being tested in your faith to, to move you exactly where you want to be. Even though these ladies said what they said, they're exactly where God wants them to be. They don't understand. We don't understand the providential nature of God and the Holy Spirit within us that's moving us by the circumstances, incidents, and access of life. He's placing us in situations that will give an opportunity for our faith to grow. And most of the time, maybe 99% of the time, what I, what I have experienced and maybe some of you out there have experienced that the biggest growth comes from the biggest challenges. The biggest growth comes from the biggest challenge. I, I, I can't remember a time where I've grown from the success. I've grown from the challenge to get me to the success. Because the success is the end. The challenge is to climb the mountain, cross the sea, you know, defeat the giant. Well, however you want to metaphorically put it, you have to grow through that to grow. A seed falls into the ground and is drowned and beat up by heat and it grows into the flower or the plant or the fruit it's supposed to grow into, but it's been through something to get there. A, a piece of coal is in the ground and it's pressed by the earth and it turns out to be a diamond. It had to go through something to get there. And same thing with us. We have to go through something to get to the destination that God has planned for us. And when I read this story, this, just this part right here, I, I thank God that he's showing us that our normal human reactions to, to extraordinary uh, 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 spiritual things is okay. There's nothing wrong with what these ladies did. It's natural. And a lot of times we make natural evil. When natural is just a phase that we go through so we can get to to the spiritual, all right? So Jesus told this them this once before. Now, does anybody, can anybody even guess it? And I'm not expecting you to know this. Can anybody guess where in Luke did he foretell his uh, impending crucifixion? And, and I'm going to say this. Just give me a chapter. Whoever get close, win. Give me a chapter. There's 24 chapters in Luke. What other, what chapter did he 
for tell his everybody get one guess. Where where did he foretell? Fifteen. Nope. Thirteen. Nope. Come on. All right. Anybody? Anybody out there? Anybody on the phone? What chapter? You might get it. You might not get it. That is no big deal. Uh, the first time he told them this was in Luke chapter nine. Go to Luke chapter nine. Start at verse twenty, and just hold it. So this is behind them getting an assignment to go out. If you start Luke nine one, this is behind uh, uh, them casting out demons, and then Jesus asked him the question, "Who do they say that I am?" And he goes through that, and then then after Peter says a good thing, then he tells them, "Don't tell anybody." Because let me tell you what I'm about to go through and what has to happen. All right? So start like at 919 or 920. 920. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And you have to remember, they have no concept of what he just said. They have no reference point. Mm -hmm. Okay? To them, he probably sounded like a madman. You know, if some, if I said that to you, you would say, pass it and lost one. You say, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. well, he needs to go get his medicine. Right? But that's interesting because we, we that's how we respond. That's a natural response. He didn't have to worry about them telling nobody because they, they didn't want to seem like they were crazy. You see? They didn't want to seem like they were crazy. Saying that he was the Christ, that's gambling their life. Saying that what he just said, that'll put them in the crazy house. Okay? Because the Bible even says either Jesus is the liar, a lunatic, or he's the Lord. And those first two is, is, is based upon what the normal reaction would be to what he just said. I have to be turned over to the priest. I have to be turned over to the rulers. And I, I'm going to be crucified, and then I'm going to be raised on the third day. Again, they don't see any salvation in that. They see uh, defeat in that. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't see as far as God sees. And a lot of times, again, for us, what I see is we don't see how we get victory out of defeat. But we should see it because we know the cross, it represents a, a defeat, what we see, but in the spiritual realm, it was a victory. So a lot of times in your life, and you can everybody in here has lived long enough, the, you know, some of your worst things that have happened to you turned out, it turned out to open a door to some of the best things that's going to happen to you. So we need to stop asking why we're going through and look for God and the hand of God in those moments where we're going through. That's all we have to do. And that takes a mind shift. That takes a this mind is in you that's in Christ Jesus. That takes a mind, think upon these things. Okay? That takes, a, that takes a mind that has love, joy, and peace in their life. Because when you have that love, joy, and peace in your life, the circumstance doesn't dictate what you think about it. What you, what you think about is dictated upon what God is trying to show you. And again, it is not easy. It is not easy. It has to be practiced. Your faith has to be practiced. And what better way to test your faith than to put you right in the middle of it? Some situations that you can only trust in what you know about God. 
That's why learning all God through his word is so important because you want to get to, I know he's able, I believe he will, but even if he don't. You want to get to that. Because if he doesn't, he's still who you said he was. And if you get to, if he doesn't, and you can live in, if he doesn't, knowing he's able, knowing that he might will, that the peace come, it doesn't change my disposition towards God one iota, whether he does what I want to do or not. Because whatever he does is for his good and his glory. Even when I don't think it's good, it works out to my good for his glory. So the cross is that, that total example of that. Is that we look at the cross, we look how horrible it is, and we see this. And he told him way back in, in nine, like a year and a half into his ministry, he had to go through this. But like I told you, make these guys knuckleheads that they are. They couldn't see it. Even what Peter said, we know that Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you that. The spirit told you that. Okay? The spirit does, did not come to live within anybody in that time other than like John the Baptist, particular people. But the, but the spirit will come and 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 give revelation to uh, the men of God as God wanted it to. It moves where it wants to move. But all of them are right where they need to be. So I don't look at them as superheroes. I look at them as normal. And I see the hand of God moving them into position to be the great Peter that will give the first sermon in Acts that will bring 5,000 people to the church. <coughs> I look at Peter as that guy who, who doesn't realize his own potential at the moment is going to fail a lot as we would look at failure as even God told him he was going to fail Jesus told him he's going to fail but that failure actually put him in position to be the great Peter who gave the uh, uh, the first sermon it's the, it's the Peter that, that went to Cornelius' house it's that Peter that stood up for the Gentiles coming into Christ that's the he's becoming so when we see people fail in the body of Christ, what we need to do is step back and take a note from it and say, maybe God is using this person through their failure to go to a bigger success. And it's your job to be able to see that as an elder saint and give a person a chance. Now, we're not going to put up with foolishness, but sometimes we make that move to, to, to even judge too fast because we can't. We're not in touch enough with the spirit of God to see what God is doing in them. You know, somebody asked uh, one of my students about uh, if you if you if you repent, will you stop doing what you were doing? And the answer is, if you repented, you have you should have stopped. Repent means to turn away. If you haven't turned away, then you haven't really what repented. And that's our problem. We take such advantage of grace in a negative way that we think it's always going to be there for you. But there'd be no point in that, as Paul explains in Romans chapter 1 to, to 3.23, that you can be here and he'll ratify your decision to keep playing with him, to not respect what he did at the cross, to trample on his blood, to not receive his love. So you can turn, you have been forgiven, but you still want to do what you want to do like the judges did. And repentance is not part of your mindset. You think you playing God after you didn't have fun and now you want to say you're sorry. But you're not going to turn from it. You're just going to do that the next time and the next time. And then God is going to say, look, I'm going to turn you over to your own self. I'm going to turn you over. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And the, the, the sad part about a reprobate mind 
At that point, their turnover reprobate, they stop even, even apologizing. They're just going to live their life. See, people always ask me, am I a reprobate because I do something? No, you are reprobate and apostate because when you do it, you don't even care. See, so to, to even ask me means that you care still, but you might be on a slim margin to whereas you're practicing it so much that you become, your, your, your conscience is being seared and it's not bothering you anymore. So eventually the person who keeps doing that so-called repentance, they'll stop because they're not understanding God's grace is allowing them not to continue in sin that grace should abound, but allowing them the opportunity to see how good God is and not give them what they deserve. They couldn't see the beauty of the cross because they were looking, remember, they were wondering as Jesus' fame went around, as they get given the ability to cast out devils, they were looking at their own positions of power and not what God was trying to do to them and get them prepared to be the ones he left to carry his word. But again, they would need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. That's not going to happen overnight. So that's nine. To, and then in 18, the way to go to uh, Luke 18, chapter, hey, Luke 18, uh, verses 31 through 33. This is another time that he warned them. So nine, nine chapters later, he's going to warn them again. Luke 18. 31 to 33. Okay, 18, 31 to 33. Okay, and it reads thus. Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon they will scourge him and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. Amen. He will be mocked, insulted, spit upon, and scourged. Now, how are we to get good out of that? The natural man can't see it. The natural man says, God forbid. He took them aside to explain to them, it's time. This is going to happen. Because he's saying we must go to Jerusalem. You know, this begins that Jerusalem journey to the cross. And, and at that point, their mind still couldn't process that. You mean a man that can stop the wind and the sea is going to get spit upon, <laughs> mocked, and scourged? No. You mean the man that can cast out demons and tell them to go into pigs is going to get mocked, spit upon, Scourged and humiliated? No. That, that don't even make sense. But that's the human mind. But unless that is done to him, we can't be saved. The ultimate sacrifice of humility. To be humiliated by your own creation. That'd be like your child doing that to you. And some of our disrespectful chilling do stuff like that to their parents. But God got an answer for that. You ain't going to live long. Your days won't be long. See, but but just, you know, the, the, the power of, of seeing that there's tragedy and there's wrong in the world and it was displayed towards our Jesus, the, the worst it could be, to the point he couldn't even carry his own cross. 
to the point that that he that he looks the 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 the, the all the gospel writers really never describe the ugliness of how Jesus looked. They just say he was crucified. But the beating and the scourging and all of that, you don't get a you don't get a a detailed detailed description of what that looks like. We can only even in the movies we can only imagine what that looks like. But all that was for you. All that was for you. His blood had, because he could have, you know, his blood had to be shed so that, that that would be the sacrificial lamb. Okay? But we had to get there. We had to get there. So our mindset has to be for us in a different kind of way that we're going to go through some things, carrying our cross for Christ. The Bible he says, uh, pick up the cross and follow him. Even though we're placed inside the body of Christ, the body of Christ, because it's his body, is going to be crucified by the world system. It's going to be crucified by those who want to uh, uh, thwart the things of Satan. Because one of the things that Satan wants to stop is the fullness of the Gentiles. There, that means the, there's the fullness of the Gentiles that will come in. Now think about this, and I want you to just think about this. There's a certain number. Of Gentiles that's going to come into the body of Christ and then Jesus is going to go back and deal with the nation of Israel the devil wants to prolong that as long as possible think about that there's somebody that's going to be born that's going to be the last one to come in and then the church is going to be taken out the devil doesn't know who this is but what better way to just keep us confused and tricked and keep us confused and tricked so that so that so that so that moment won't happen and the salvation that's written to us we don't trust it because what's the, the the alternative gospel which is not a gospel says your salvation should automatically give you creature comfort when what he gave us to get salvation wasn't comfortable at all he said pick up your cross and follow me we read too many times in the epistles of paul you're going to suffer and the suffering builds this thing called character so that you can carry the gift that you're going to give to other people so you can deal with other suffering people that might not be suffering like you, but you can tell of a time where you got beaten. Not, and not some physically, but you got beaten. You got uh, 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 spat upon. You, you got embarrassed. You got humiliated. <coughs> All for the sake of Christ. All for the sake of Christ. And you stayed and you, and, you, and you focused and you doubled down in your faith because you understood that this is part of who you are in Christ Jesus. You're not going to get out of this unscathed. Okay? People going to walk away from you. It even, he even told you you may even lose family members by what you believe. That's all a part of it. But look at the glory side of this. He said what we go through isn't going to be nothing compared to what we go through, what challenges we have, how we face different things. It's not going to be anything compared to the glory of God that we're all going get to get to be part of. When we as saints go before God, the sins have already been paid for. We're going to go with a basket of our deeds, and God is going to reward us according to what we've done in the flesh since we've been saved, that we've been saved in the good works, and then we'll get the reward. But even in the rewards that he would want to give us, we're going to say, you know what? Just knowing you and being with you is enough. 
seeing you completely glorified and I'm glorified will probably be because you're going to know the difference. So it's not going to like you're going to go to heaven and be like, OK, I don't know my earthly existence. You're going to know all the struggles you went to comes to this day that you're standing before the, the, the throne of judgment, not for condemnation, but for rewards. And you're looking at Christ truly as he is and you're receiving your glorified body. And you're like, this is what I've been waiting on. This was worth everything I went through. It doesn't make a difference because I could be with my Lord for eternity now. So what God, what I want to convince some of you to do is start living eternal minded now. Don't let temporal things upset your eternal disposition. Because everything we go down is temporal. The man, you know, you, you hear about these stories of these millionaires and these really, really poor people. And like I said, if they're both in the hospital at the same time and needing and, and, and they're on their deathbed, his poorness is not going to commend him to heaven, and his riches can't buy him into heaven. He has to accept what was done for him at the cross, Amen. him or her. They got to accept that. Yes. And that's so important in today's time because people are leaving up out of here. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Here we live. We all know the story about them three young men. Think about it. The day before that, as this young man probably was plotting to take his mama's car, he never thought. And his friends were at their house doing whatever. May not even know this was going to go down. They never thought that that was their last day on earth. And then come to find out, it was, they said that they were being chased. chased the bottom line. And it was two something in the morning. Yeah. So what, so what we have to understand is, is that we truly never know when our time is going to be. Yeah. And as tragic as that was, mm -hmm. any loss of life of a child. There's something we got to see about God in this. We got to see something about God in this. Maybe we won't see it. But somebody, some other child, may decide not to do what they did. Maybe the police officer may say, hey, I don't need to be chasing people on a pedestrian street. You know. I don't need to be flexing. I don't know, but somehow I know that out of this tragedy has to grow some kind of triumph, yeah. even if I don't see it. I trust God so much that somebody going to get some good. And if one person decides, you know what, life too short, and I'm going to give my life to Christ because of these three young boys, because yeah. they didn't eat, them three young boys didn't end up like the Hebrew boys. Amen. Can you imagine that their parents being saints? Their faith is being tested right now. But I, my prayer is that all those of us who go through and you're going to go through to some level, that you can get to the point where you say, I know he was able to save them. Save them. I know that he will if he wants to because that's his de determination. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust you, God, because now I have to live with the tragedy. And somehow or another, I may have to go out and speak to other kids and say, don't steal your mother's car. You never know what's going to happen. Life is too short. You see, a ministry can be created out of tragedy. Yes. Think about it. Our ministry was created out of tragedy. The ministry of reconciliation was created out of his, his death and his resurrection. Mm. Our ministry wasn't created out of, of popsicles and lollipops and candy canes and you're going to get a blessing with your name on it. Our ministry was created out of pain. Mm -hmm. No pain, no pain. The best ministry is out of pain. Mm. 
so we can deal with the people who are hurt out here. Whether it be by church, whether it be by friends, whether it be by family, whether it be by the world system, we are in position to deal with the tragedies of this world at this time. I can't tell you about what's going to happen 200 years from now. But I can tell you one thing, the same problem with man is the same problem with man since the fall of man. Yes. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. We have to, we have to get more spiritual. And I, and I mean, earthly, earthly dealing with people. Understanding what they're going through. Not necessarily agreeing with it, but understanding a lot of people is not mature. See, this lesson is about, it's, it's really for the mature saint, but the baby saint can understand this. It's not going to always go your way just because you in Christ. That's not how this works. And anybody telling you that, that you need to say this prayer and it's going to work out for you, and, and that's they lying to you. Because what they're doing is removing the sovereignty of God and got God working for you. And again, when you come to Christ, it is better because you're not condemned to hell. Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's the better week. That's the better. That's what I was thinking about, uh, Pastor, too. Mm -hmm. That you're you're a sinner, but now you have eternal life because mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. So it's much better than what you had. Yeah, but but it may not be a temporally better. You know, it may not be situationally better. And that's where the maturity comes in. And that's where the maturity comes in. Because, you know, there's a lady out on, on, on the social media where she's a so-called prophetess, lying prophet, but you know. there's You know, there's all kind of prophets. There's lying prophets. There's prophets of Satan. There's there's prophets of God. So they're still a prophet, but they're just a lying prophet. And and they then they're on the Internet, and they're lying, you know, working for their father, the devil. And they said something like this, and, and I want you all to pay attention. Listen to me. She got on and she was condemning people. She was pronouncing hell on them. She was actually cursing them. And I mean cursing them, not cursing curse words, but cursing them and saying, you know, if, if you need you, and I know she's talking to the ladies because that's her audience. You know, even if you ladies go to Beyonce concert, you're not saved. If anybody go to Beyonce concert, you condemn. If anybody go to Beyonce, and, and again, I'm going to use it like this. If, if the Bible says, that as we mature, we understand all things are lawful for us, but not all things are profitable for us. Mm -hmm. Saint gets saved on Sunday morning. Sunday night's the Beyonce concert. They didn't pay their money. So they go. So they go. That's right. Do we come back and tell them they're not saved because they went to the Beyonce concert? Or do we realize they just got saved and they did spend their money and they still may live accordingly and that that thing... Concert doesn't measure who they are in Christ Jesus. If they believe Jesus died for their sins, then they need to, we need to, we need to teach them. And then as we teach them, what I've learned is when you start teaching people, no matter what age, when they come to Christ, those things that you that you may look at that really need to fall off of them, if you teach them and love them and educate them in the Lord and teach them how to walk in the power of the resurrection. 
Those things that you look at it now, they're going to fall off. That's right. Because God said he's going to complete the work. Yes, he does. He does. But you get in the way of the work. You put a halt sign and say, you can't come over here no more because you done went to the Beyonce concert. Really? Saints, we got to stop this foolishness. See, this is what I mean by covering. You don't need, see, that whole thing of covering is a manipulation from the flesh and it's of the devil. It's of the devil. It's man trying to rule over other men. And Jesus said he did not want that for his leaders. I don't particularly care for Beyonce, but I don't, but 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 I would never ever get on a platform and tell people they're not saints because right. they went to a concert. Right. 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 No. No. Because some of the ones that you think spiritual you're going to ain't nothing but devil. Oh, and we've seen and, and, and the same social media that, that they get on to do these proclamations to a week or two or now, they'll get somebody else to do a video on them and they be on some one of them one of them sex channels. After they told you that you in trouble for just going to a concert. Mm -hmm. The hypocrisy of it all. Yes, yes, yes. Saints, look, those of y'all I heard preachers, I get it. Y'all, y'all been taught this and y'all see different scripture in the Bible. But realize that 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 it takes a level of maturity to understand these souls are lost. And some are more lost than others in this world. And the fact that you got them to, to confess their sins. And believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. Now you begin the sanctification process, and unless and when you try to make salvation the sanctification process, then what you do is damage them because what you do is start picking at them and telling them they not saved because of this certain behavior. Now the Bible does say if they continue to practice this, we bring that into question. But give them a minute, Amen. teach them something first. Don't have them hand them envelopes and we all got Bible study and give them a prayer line and expect everything to fall off of them and then don't create an environment where they can feel like they can tell the truth. Amen. The church should be the place where people can come in and be as vulnerable and as honest as possible. But they don't feel that way because the environment that's created by normal church is a, is a place of condemnation, judgment, and rituals and traditions that if you do these things, or not do these things, you're not one of us or you're one of us. Or you being told before you even come into Christ, the worst thing that you be being told, you need to get yourself together. How, why would you tell somebody that and you didn't get yourself together? If we could get ourselves together, we wouldn't need Jesus. But see, that's the foolishness that goes on out here. While you binding and loosening Satan, decreeing and declaring, you you setting them up for failure. Because they hear this stuff. And then, like I say, they go to somebody else's church on Wednesday and they binding Satan. Then they go to somebody's church on Friday and they binding Satan. And my question is always, it's funny, but it's true. Who's letting Satan go Tuesday and Thursday? Because that's the person we need to be worried about. Quit, quit using the scripture to manipulate people. Because that shows that you're a false teacher. Yes. That shows that you want to abuse people. And there's a difference between error and willful ignorance. Or willful ignoring the scriptures. Mm -hmm. You know, error can be taught out of you. But ignorance and willful ignorance, you're doing this on purpose to manipulate people. So we have to believe in this cross. We have to believe in this resurrection. 
We can't be looking for the living amongst the dead. Amen. Amen. We have to let the Holy Spirit tell us we need to move on. I've done all I can. I'm going to stand some more, but I need to move on. Lord, I'm going to turn these people in over to you. I planted the seed. I tried to water it. They still reject me for whatever reason. They're too familiar with me. They're too close with me. They can't hear from me. So, Lord, you send somebody else that they can hear it from. Because familiarity does breed contempt. It does. It does breed contempt. It, 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 for me, too, getting too familiar with people. And you're wondering, I'm saying the same thing to, to the people who are close to me versus to the masses. And the people close to me resent what I'm saying. Why? Because they, they don't want to accept you in your changed state. Exactly. That's all that is. They want to leave you in the same state that you, that you got out of because that's what they're familiar with. So a lot of times, saying to God, you got to get away from familiar people for a minute. What you used to be. They, they, they call Cousin Houston and start talking to you about you. You know, you got to move out of that and move away from that. I remember when. Yeah, when. But what about now? Yeah. What about now? So Jesus was like, Jesus just like the, the, they said in the, in the flesh. We handled him according to the flesh. They did. But we can't deal with him like we had him in the flesh no more. Because he's gone. And it seems like the Holy Spirit to deal with that will guide us into all truth about Jesus. And one thing about Jesus, he glorified the Father and he suffered to glorify the Father. And he's saying, if you truly my disciple, pick up your cross, you're going to suffer. The church is going to suffer. And what we're going to do is make you understand that grace is so beautiful. But don't take it for advantage that you always got it no matter what you're doing and you continue to do it. At some point, we don't know. Nobody can tell you. You may be turned over. But until then, we just keep preaching to you. We just keep teaching to you. And let that be a decision by God. The reprobate person can be sitting in your congregation. But it's not for you to tell them that. That's for them and God. You just keep trying. You just keep preaching and teaching to them. You don't have authority to tell them that they're reprobate. Because the minute you tell them that, you might as well say you want to. Because there weren't the authority that God gave you to tell them that. God gave you a, 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 a view into how he thinks. But he didn't tell you to go tell nobody that. He didn't tell nobody. Matter of fact, when Paul was saying everybody left him and all that stuff. And, and that he prayed that certain uh, ones who followed him and did him wrong. That he going to turn them over to Satan. But he never said they was reprobate. And when he said he going to turn them over to Satan. What he said is, I want something, I want something to happen to them that they will eventually repent and come back. He didn't want them to be turned over to Satan to be condemned forever. He wanted, he it's, it's like an extreme. I want Satan to even deal with them to, to hit them, to keep to bring them back. Okay? We always want people to come back that have drifted away. And then what we have to look at, we have to examine ourselves to see if we've done anything to make them drift. And accept the fact that maybe we need to apologize to some people. Because the way we presented in our exuberance and zeal, God, in a way that, that, that we get them in by grace and then we try to put law on them. Okay? All right. So that's it for today. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. 
I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to bless us as we go forward in faith. And Lord, let us not look for the living amongst the dead, but let us always give an encouraging word for somebody and let us be more bold in giving the gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please like, subscribe, and share, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to today's teaching. We hope you have been inspired and encouraged. Please look in the description box for our contact information. All are welcome and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Be encouraged, blessed and at peace and remember walk in truth.